0: Good morning, New Hope. So good to uh, be with you and everyone and uh, those of you joining us online. So glad that you're worshiping with us today. My name is Pastor Adam. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're in the middle of a series right now called Found at His Feet. And um, you know, two weeks ago, I talked about how forgiveness is found at the feet of Jesus. And last week, my dad, our senior pastor, talked about uh, how Uh, Anxiety can be released at the feet of Jesus. Peace is found at the feet of Jesus. Today I'm going to talk about prayer. Prayer is found at the feet of Jesus. Pleading before the Lord is found at the feet of Jesus. And we're going to look at this story in Luke chapter 8, verse 21. If you have your Bible, you can flip to it or or tap to it. Luke chapter 8, it's on on page 1034. If you have this one. Luke chapter 8, I'm going to start reading in verse 41. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. If you forgot your Bible, that's okay. You have your phone, or we'll try to put it up on the screen, I think. Luke chapter 8, verse 41. Here we go. Then a man named Jairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet. There it is. We're looking at what's found at the feet of Jesus. Jairus fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house. Prayer is found at the feet of Jesus. What happens? Uh, Because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Jump down to verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter's dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. And when he arrived at the house of Jairus, time out I think it's really interesting Just to, I think it's a couple pages earlier I think it's in Luke chapter 6 Jesus healed the child of the centurion the centurion said, said heal heal my kid but he didn't say he didn't beg him to come he just said I have enough faith you could just do it you could just do it and Jesus said mm-hmm. healed and did it Jesus didn't have to go to the house of Jairus but Jairus was begging him to come to my house come to my house come to my house and he did and he did Verse uh, 51, "'When he arrived at the house of Jairus, "'he did not let anyone go with him "'except Peter, John, and James, "'and the child's father and mother. "'Meanwhile, all the people were wailing and mourning, mourning for her. "'Stop wailing,' Jesus said. "'She's not dead, but asleep.' "'They laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. "'But he took her by the hand and said, "'My child, make no mistake, she was dead.' He took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. Her spirit returned. It was gone, and it returned. And at once, she stood up. Woo! What's found at the feet of Jesus? Pleading is found at the feet of Jesus. And an answer can come when you go to the feet of Jesus. Here's the first point I want to share about this story. Uh, Point number one, prayer requires natural, continuous fervency. Talking about prayer today. Prayer requires natural, continuous fervency. See, the scripture says that, that Jairus was pleading at the feet of Jesus. Imagine this, right? Imagine this. There's no hospitals. You can't go to Parkview. You can't go to Lutheran. Cameron doesn't exist yet. None of that. Your kid is dying, and there's a guy that's got a reputation of fixing it. He can. There's a guy that's known around. I mean, everyone on Facebook's talking about him. He healed. He healed my cousin. He healed my sister. He healed my brother. You've heard about this, and he's coming through your town. What are you going to do? Lord, will you come? Oh, darn! He passed by. The Bible says Jairus fell at his feet. Pleading is the word. Imagine, imagine the emotion. Imagine what that looked like. It was probably on a fell at his feet, so he was down on the ground, pleading. Jesus, maybe I imagine Jesus maybe wasn't paying attention right at first, and okay, oh, oh, Jesus probably had trouble moving because Jairus is at his feet pleading. I imagine he probably said something like, "Please, Lord, Lord, don't keep moving." What's going on in my life? Continuous fervency. Luke 18, Jesus told a parable of the persistent widow who kept requesting justice over and over again. Luke 18, one says, starts out this parable by saying, uh, the narrator says, Jesus told this parable to show everyone that they should keep praying and not give up. This just got, got me thinking. Why does God want me to pray? And then pray again. Is he deaf? Did he not hear it? He's, I gotta, I gotta pray louder. Is there a certain tolerance that he, that he, where God ignores me, and then finally he says, "Fine, I'll, fine, yes." Is that? I just gotta wear down God. Is that the point? I gotta wear him down. <laughs> Is God wanting children to be whiny kids? Are we there yet, God? Can I have it? yet, God, how about now? How about now? How about now? Why does God want us to keep praying? Like we pray, and then we pray again, and then we pray again, and then we pray again. This is how it works. Then we pray again. Why? The end of the parable. Luke 18, verse 7 says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones? Who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Here's the kicker: however, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? We pray and we pray again. Not it's not about clinging to what we want. It's about our faithfulness. When the Son of Man returns, will he find a faithful people? Because we pray. And then we pray again. Then we pray again. Not whininess, like, you know, like you got your fork and your spoon. I want food now. Give it to me now, God. That's not what this is. The idea is our faithfulness. We are to be faithful. This is natural, continuous fervency. Romans something, 12, 4, I want to say, never be lacking in zeal, but always keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. One of the greatest commandments we have is found in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. It's a great two-word verse, pray continually. I say it's a great commandment because, ho, that sounds kind of hard. How am I supposed to do that? Pray continually? Like, I gotta mow. I gotta mow my yard. How am I supposed to pray continually? I think praying continually means to walk faithfully close to God, to walk with the Lord consistently so that when he speaks, you hear him. Now, on this point, I put the word natural in there because a lot of my other points talk about things that are supernatural. Supernatural things happen, and we're gonna get there, but me and you having the discipline to pray is natural, Jairus falling to the feet of the Lord was natural. It was him doing it. Like he walked. There wasn't anything super about that. And he got on his knees, nothing super about that. He did the natural part. And then Jesus healed. I think if we're going to pray continually, this is what we need to do. We need to pray continually. Praying continually means that we walk closely with the Lord so that when he speaks, we hear him. It's like if you're taking a walk with somebody, and they talk. At worst, you might have to say, huh? But you hear him. I was thinking about this, and um, one of the joys and privileges I get is to walk my daughter to preschool. The preschool she goes to is just a few blocks away from our house, and every morning when it's not raining or something, I walk her to school. And on her first day of preschool, in her, in her preschool class this year, just a few weeks ago, it was such a joy to walk, and she was just happy to walk to school, and she was holding my hand, and I looked down, and there she is just walking with me, walking alongside Dad. And I was like, I never want to forget this moment. I'm just walking with my daughter, and I grabbed my phone and took a, held it right up here so I could snap a picture of what I saw with my eyeballs so I'd never forget it. We actually have it. Can we we'll show people? This is, what, this is what I saw, and I never wanted to forget what I saw walking my daughter to school on the, her first day of preschool. She's just walking. And... You guys reacted the, way, the right way. Aw. Aw is the right thing to say. Aw. when we're walking with the Lord, we hear him. He's got our hand. And if I said something to my daughter in that moment, she heard me. And if she talked, I heard her. We were together, hand in hand. Do you believe Jesus wants to work in the lives of the people that you know? You believe that? Okay, yeah. Pretty much universal agreement. Jesus wants to work in the lives of the people around us. Great. Who do you suppose he's going to use to do that? Oh, it's not quite as. You aren't quite as excited when I got to that. It's us. He wants to use us to do it. When he speaks, because he's going to. When he speaks, will you hear him? Not unless you're praying continually, not unless you're walking hand in hand with the Lord not unless you're, you're with him. And here's what's, here's what's just so amazing about continually walking with the Lord, hand-in-hand hand with the Lord. This is praying continually. When you're continually walking hand-in-hand in hand in with the Lord, and that's a natural thing. It's, it's my natural, like anybody can do it. I'm gonna choose to walk hand-in-hand hand with the Lord, and I'm gonna do that. When you do that with an attitude of prayer, and you're walking hand, like you got a hand with, you, one hand's hand holding on to, the Lord, and the other hand's holding your 21 gram heavy soul, <laughs> and you're walking with the Lord. Something amazing will happen. Supernatural peace. Prayer brings supernatural peace. That's number two. Prayer can defy conventional, conventional logic. See, Jairus' family and friends, when Jesus said, oh, stop your wailing, she's not dead, she's just sleeping, they laughed, ha, 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 because all conventional logic said she's dead, and she was. But Jesus just saw what was coming. He knew, he's like, oh, come on, you only, you're living in time, I don't have to. I'm beyond time, she's not dead, just wait. And up she comes. Prayer can defy Conventional logic. You may think you know how your life is going down. You may think you know what your life is and what's coming, coming down the pipe, but Jesus can always see a supernatural solution. Prayer brings supernatural peace. Check it out, Philippians chapter four. says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by what? Prayer, Prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How cool is it that it's available to the Christian when we surrender to the Lord, stuff that don't make sense to our mind happens. God knows how to bust a move, right? How did that happen? Peace beyond what our brain can come up with is available to us. When I walked my daughter to school that day, I anticipated maybe a little bit of anxiety. Just a little. Yeah, she's bold. She's bold. I didn't realize quite how bold she was. I expected, you know, when I was walking into the school, she'd do one of these. Like there's other kids that are crying. Oh, my God! But my daughter walked hand in hand with the Father. And she received peace. I was okay. When you walk hand in hand with the Father, peace comes. And you know your place. Check out my daughter's entrance into her first day of preschool. Look at that. Look at that, all that anxiety. She's not quite so sure. Where am I going? She doesn't know. No clue. Confident, bold, And she has a place. She knows where she belongs. Right there. This is where I belong. And what do you do, honey? What do you do when you come to school? First day. What do you do? She takes her water bottle out of her bag. She knows what to do. She's putting it there, and she's going to get her folder out. She knows what she's doing. When you walk hand in hand with the Father, supernatural peace comes on you. The path to supernatural peace is supernatural prayer. That's natural walking with the Father. And when you walk with the father, you know that you're a son or a daughter because you're with dad. You hang out with the prince of peace, you're going to get some. And when you know that you're a son or a daughter, you know where you belong. You know where you belong. When you're a son or a daughter, you know where you belong. You're sitting in the spot where you belong. You belong in the house. When you're a son or a daughter, you know where you are in the family of God. You belong. And when you belong, anxiety just kind of dissipates. It just kind of goes away. The anxiety comes from not knowing where you belong, not having a place to live for your soul, for your 21-gram heavy soul. to the degree I'm walking in prayer is to the degree that I'm walking in peace. Amen. All right, here's number three. Third thing we can learn from this. Prayer provides supernatural protection. Prayer provides supernatural protection. What a great um, uh, thought we heard during communion time. We're holding our soul. We need to be careful where we're taking our soul. We need to protect it. How do you protect it? Prayer provides supernatural protection. Paul talks about protection in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, put on the full armor of God. Right. So you, you may have heard about the, the armor of God, right? but I'm going to throw you a curveball, so hang with me. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. As long as your battle is with other people, you're going to keep losing. Paul continues in Ephesians 6, and he talks about the armor of God, the belt of truth. The breastplate of righteousness, the boots of the gospel, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit. It sounds like a video game. Yeah, we're going to win. That's the armor of God. But what good is it? Does it just belong in a museum? What good is armor if you don't use it, if it's not appropriated? I've, oh, I've got, a, I've got the shield of faith. Oh, I've got the, I've got the sword of the spirit. I've got it. What good is it in a museum on a shelf? We have to appropriate it. Verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And three other verses about prayer. What good is the armor if you don't know how to use it? Armor and weaponry is absolutely useless unless it's engaged. You can have all the, all the armor, but without prayer... You're not protected. Come on. Preach it. Come on. What good is armor if it's not engaged with prayer? It's useless. What good is the fully... Okay. Hope you're wearing some shoes. I don't want to step on myself either here. What good is the fully freed Christian if we're not engaged? Come on. Right. Come on. Preach it. We're not saved just to be saved. That's right. Right. I'm a Christian. ha, ha. No, 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 boo, boo! Like, what are we saved for? We're saved on purpose, for a purpose. We are blessed, not so we can sit around and say, "I'm blessed." You ain't. We're blessed to be a blessing. To be a blessing. If you're hearing me and you're like, man, I, need, I, I really ought to be a blessing. I don't know how. We have a lot of options. We have a lot of options, guys. There, there's a lot of options in the world. Some of them are with us. But we need to, I mean, you go to work, serve. Love others. Be a blessing to the people around you. You go to school, be a blessing to the people around you. This church has many opportunities for you to join a serve team. Serve teams are where we have volunteers that do things. There's outreach groups that you can be a part of and you can sign up for. This is the last week to do it before our semester starts. We, have, we even have a sewing group. You want to be a blessing to the world? You know how to sew. Okay, you don't. Okay, somebody's telling me no. But somebody does. You don't. Somebody else does. You know how to sew. You could sew and, and create things that will then get sent overseas uh, and aid missionaries. We have an outreach group that feeds, uh, feeds the hungry in our local community. We have a serve team uh, I call it the, the Heavy Lifters Club. That's not really the what the title of it, but that's just what I think of it as. Sometimes we just need people that can help help out around the church, and like we got an event on the weekend, and we gotta move hundred chairs. And that takes a, one person a lot of time, or a few people a whole fun half hour. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for you to serve, and I encourage you to hop on my new hope.in and look for a place where you can you can find your home. You can find your place. You can belong, and you can serve, because you're blessed to be a blessing. If you want to engage in prayer and experience supernatural protection in these things, I also want to encourage you to come back tonight for our encounter night at six p.m. It's worship and prayer night. There's going to be a lot. Today's in particular uh, is going to be pretty prayer heavy. I'm excited about it. Uh, come back tonight. Come back tonight. Six o'clock for the encounter night. Fourth thing we learn prayer releases supernatural power. Prayer releases supernatural power. See, Jairus pleaded before the Lord. He came with his own natural physical body. There was nothing super about it. Jairus came to the Lord, fell on his natural knees, used his natural voice, and pleaded to the Lord to save his dying daughter. And Jesus raised the girl to life. That was super. See, Jairus, we see we have natural power, and Jesus, we see, has super power. And if you put them together, we understand supernatural. Do you suppose, in this miracle of Jesus healing Jairus' daughter, do you suppose that one would have happened without the other? Do you suppose Jesus would have healed that daughter if Jairus hadn't asked? I don't think so. I don't think so. Did Jesus have to go to Jairus' house? No. We see that in Luke 6 when he healed the centurion's kid. But the centurion still had to ask. It was the centurion's faith. And here we have Jairus that pleaded and Jesus answered. Certainly Jesus could have healed anybody. He knew all. But I think this story is presented to us as a model. We plead, he hears. But if God's gonna hear us, there has to be something for him to hear, right? Our natural stuff can meet God's super when we do it right. Anybody wanna see something supernatural happen in your life? Anybody need a breakthrough? Anybody need healing in your life? And you're like, man, there's a, we're doing the natural thing with medicine, but you know what, there could be a supernatural thing too. Like, that's possible, too. Anyone have relationship stuff going on at work? Somebody you're mad at? You're like, man, somebody who's mad at you. This isn't going well. My last, um, what do you call it, performance evaluation wasn't so hot. You're walking in, you dread going to work every day. You know what? There can be a supernatural solution. There can be a supernatural solution. But I think what instigates it your natural. Let me explain it. Check this out. This is one of those things like like when I when this became enlightened to me, I had to read it again because I could have sworn that was never in the Bible. But it's there. Ezekiel chapter 42. Uh, Ezekiel has been given a vision of the the temple, the rebuilt temple of God. So, So this awesome supernatural thing, the rebuilt temple of God, supernatural thing. This is the law of the temple. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be most holy. Such is the law of the temple. These are the measurements of the altar in long cubits. And this passage goes on and on and on about this It was this tall and this thick and this wide and this deep, and it's given every dimension because it wants you to understand how awesome this supernatural temple of God is. So it says, uh, the measurements of the altar are in long cubits. A cubit... In those times was the measurement. It's like they didn't have, a, they didn't have like a Stanley measuring stick. So they had to measure with what they had. And so a cubit was a common us- uh, me- uh, unit of measurement. And it was from the elbow to the fingertip. Some say from here down, others say from here down. But the, the distance from your elbow to your fingertip was considered four hand breaths. Everyone hold your hand up like this, four fingers up. The, the distance of four fingers right there that you can see. That's a hand-breadth, that's a hand-breadth. If you put it right here in the corner and count them up, it's about six to your fingertips. Maybe not exactly. I always feel bad for the for like, like I don't know how they did it, when they built the walls and stuff. I just imagine like, like, like a wall, I, I'd come see a wall and it's just like crooked. I'm like, what? how'd that happen? Well, this guy was bigger and Zacchaeus started over on the other side and we kind of just tried to make do in the middle. It's a cubit. You know. A cubit is six hand breaths from your elbow to your fingertip. That's a Q-tip. A Q-tip. <laughs> Welcome to the show! To make fun of Pastor Adam. That was a cubit from elbow to fingertip. Six hand breaths was one cubit. Revelation 13, 18 refers to six as humanity's number. Six is the number of human influence. Six is the number that man can do. Six is the number of human effort. Six is the number of me do. It's the me do number, I can do it number. Six is what I can do. Revelation, I'm sorry, Ezekiel forty three thirteen. These are the measurements of the altar in long cubits, that cubit being a cubit and a hand breadth. A long cubit is a cubit and a hand breadth. They didn't say seven hand breadth, but that's what it is. They say six, what you can do, plus one. What you can do, plus one. You can build a cubit. You can build your marriage. You can build a career. You can raise your kids. You can do a lot with man's natural strength. But if you want something supernatural, you've got to have the seventh. It's what you can do, plus one. And it's released by prayer. You can live your life from elbow to fingertip But if you want the long cubit, you need the hand of God. The seventh hand. That breakthrough is in your life and it may come when you make prayer a priority. John 15, 4. Remain in in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Do you want to be fruitful? I hope so. You want to be fruitful? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Would you stand with me? The battle of Jericho was fought because very natural warriors walked around six times, plus one more. They did their natural thing, and then God did what he did. Goliath was six cubits tall. Six is human endeavor. It's the best we can do. Six is the spirit of the Antichrist. Goliath had the spirit of the Antichrist. Me do. I can do it. I don't need help. I've got this. I'm strong enough on my own. Who's who's coming at me, says Goliath. And this little boy, David says, well, it's not just me. Big Goliath. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. You come against me with a, just a normal cubit. You come against me with your natural human endeavor. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Church, this is the secret for supernatural breakthrough in your life. It's prayer. You do your natural. If you want to see something supernatural happen, you want to see a breakthrough happen, you do your natural. You do what you can do. Doing your best is important. Human endeavor matters. Do your six. And then give it all to God. Because we need six plus one. We need to cry out to the Lord for the seventh handbreadth. Let's pray. God, we come to your feet today. We look to you. We bring our problems to you. We're, we're holding our soul in our hands, our concerns, our anxieties, our frustrations at work, our frustrations at school, our frustrations at home, disappointments with things that have happened with our kids or with our spouses. Lord, we carry it to you. We run to your feet and we plead at your feet. Do something super, Lord. Do something super. God, we come to you humbled. We come to you surrendered. We come to you pleading. We come to you anticipating your move. We run to you, Lord.